celebrate it, I am joined by three absolute shaggers who are equally due to hang up their boots soon. My name is Jarvie and I am joined this week by Simon, Hammy and Paddy. Together we are the Broken Hearts Club Band. Uh, did you know that boys? The, the, the great one has retired. Is he even old now? He's, he's actually younger than us. He's <laughs> 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 uh, 37. Right. I mean, he's got some wiki like. He's scored goals everywhere, to be fair to him. But he, he only had the five appearances for Hearts. I didn't. I think he only scored like two league goals, didn't he? Aye. It just feels like it was like a, a Craig White in like 18, 20 period. But no. He was busy with other things while he was at us, mostly <laughs> pumping the chili coaches. Wife or whoever it was, daughter, <laughs> and just every single lassie that was in George Street in 2007, whatever you know. Some housekeeping, no jolly again this week. Still on granddad paternity leave. Uh, I think he might be back next week. We'll see. We'll see if the how the baby behaves himself. Um, <laughs> no camera neither. He's still fighting the good fight down at the English FA, uh, trying to get hearts in the league too. <laughs> it's been a obviously hearts are fucking shite and we're gonna speak about that very soon um but before that news and transfers uh it's been quite slow on the news front other than robbie nielsen's very confusing and, and shitty interviews saying that we're still doing well um <laughs> so i've kind of got a wee scotland theme for you here boys uh first of all david marshall picked up a back injury at the weekend so if it if that injury becomes reoccurring which it does frequently for keepers with bad backs we could see Craig Gordon, a Hearts player, playing in goals through the Euros. Uh, first of all, do you think he deserves it? Should that happen? I don't watch David Marshall regularly enough to know, but I'd feel pretty comfortable with Craig Gordon being the keeper. As like a, a neutral and as a Hearts fan, I'd be absolutely fucking buzzing. <laughs> You're not a neutral. <laughs> no, 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 but like as like someone who wasn't affiliated with Hearts. Yeah, you know what I mean, like obviously, Hearts fans are going to be wanting Craig Gordon in over anyone. Aye. Yeah, Aye. I mean, even if everyone in Scotland knows how good a keeper Craig Gordon is. What, what do you think, Paddy? Uh, given that I'm going to lose my bet because of him, no, can get the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right enough. That's definitely not Craig Gordon's fault that we're not keeping clean it's, sheets. It's definitely not. I'd be like, fun. Genuinely, one of the things, like, well, probably the last like, five games, I think, with Craig Gordon, you barely notice he's playing unless he's picking the ball at the back of the net, which he's done three times. Aye. He's just like, teams just aren't he's He is, he, and that goes with the other keepers we're playing as well, but he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything wrong, but um, he's he's a solid pair of hands, as we've seen this season. And if he was in the squad, you'd be happy, and the defence would be happy. Um, so go for it. Aye. When he's called upon, he's still got like top drawer saves in his locker. Oh, so many times. But you're right, he's barely had to actually make a save despite <laughs> us conceding goals. He's not been able to save anything because they've been clean through on goals. And yeah, um, in your opinion, obviously, we're, we're not neutrals, we are, we are Hearts fans, but 
Is Craig Gordon the best keeper of our generation? Consider another Scottish legend such as Alan McGregor, Davy Marshall, Anthony Niemi, and others. Aye. <laughs> Aye. I think so. I added in the fact that he was the most expensive British keeper at one point, and mm. genuinely coming back for what he came back for was incredible. And as much as I hate it, he done he done and won a lot at Celtic. So he did. Fair play. Well, that is decided then. Craig Gordon's the best keeper of our generation. That was that was easy. Thank you. I mean, you're just going to get biased. All of us are obviously <laughs> all going to say Craig Gordon. I know, I know. No competition. Um, that's fine. Um, and again, speaking of Scotland, Steve Clark is rumoured to be taking over uh, the Celtic job after Neil Lennon's departure this week. Would you lose all respect for Mr Clark should that happen? Yes. Aye. <laughs> I mean, I understand that this is this is a job and this is a career for him and it's a great opportunity, but be a bit annoying. Like, mm-hmm. how, how true it is or not, I don't know. It seems like a very safe appointment for Celtic. I could see them going into the just going somewhere Eastern European and you go, no, oh, I someone someone else that's just got nine in a row in like Czechoslovakia or something. It's not even a country. (laughs) (laughs) Geography from the mid-90s brought to you by the Broken Hearts podcast. (laughs) There we go. I will see what happens there. I don't know. Um, Probably a good time to mention, boys, that this summer, once this season's finally out of the bloody way, we will be continuing the podcast on and we'll be following the progress of Scotland on the the build-up and during the tournament, uh, which will obviously be all the way, so expect uh, a weekly show right through the summer. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you looking forward to the Euros in a word, boys? Well, maybe not in a word, a bit more. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you wind up merchants, honestly. Oh, I think it's uh, one of the very few things to look forward to this year, so I am buzzing for it. It'll be just seeing Scotland at an after tournament again. I mean, I can barely remember the last time I was a very, very young laddie, so it'll be good. I mean, it's, I guess it's probably looking unlikely that we'll get to go, but, um, you know, if the, if the chance does arise, I'm sure we'll all be in London. Mm-hmm. Well, what terrifies me is, my, I don't know about your dad, but my dad was about our age the last time Scotland went to a tournament. Right. Uh-huh. Isn't that a terrifying thought, that if we wait, <laughs> wait the same amount of time, We'll be in our mid fifties. Oh shit! You're right. Actually, that's like <laughs> yeah, that's good. Jolly might not even be with us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a scary one. Um, for any younger listeners, what we were about eight years old, the yeah, ninety eight World Cup. Seven I. Seven I. Well, I, I don't think we have any listeners that young, but like, say you're in your your teens now, you might not remember it. That's it's just incredible. Like that nine eight. They definitely won't remember it because they won't be have been alive. <laughs> Alright, enough. If you're eighteen, you're born and fucking like yes, two thousand two. Right. I'm not era. <laughs> well, what a time to be born. The Barry Vokes era of Scotland. The um, feel and Safeway kits. <laughs> Safeway kits. What a time. Bye. Just enjoy it. If you can't remember the last one, enjoy it. It's unbelievable. I just hope you can celebrate it properly, like we Aye. did before when we were eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Right, that's all your all your Scotland stuff. Um, now, Paddy, what about this one? Agent Jordan Roberts <laughs> went to Easter Road <laughs> and got a goal and an assist at the weekend. Fucking how? <laughs> um, aye, this this is a reoccurring theme of a player leaves Hearts is actually not terrible, but at Hearts is awful. It's it's really great. Fucking love it. Thing is, right, like. Jordan Roberts to me was fairly useless at Hearts, but I still rated him higher than Elliot Freer, <laughs> and we still have Elliot Freer. <laughs> um, well, Motherwell were going to take him back. They know how shite he is. It's just odd. I don't know what you put it down. Uh, is did we did we not play him the way that we should have played? That's very highly likely, I would imagine. But I still don't think. I mean, a goal and an assist against Hibs. Uh, He'll probably do nothing else for the rest of the season. <laughs> Watch this as he gets a hat trick next week, and I'll let <laughs> Motherwell top scorer. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I doubt you've seen this. Jordan Roberts done a, an interview. I'm sure it was before the Hibs game, and they asked him about what was what he was up to in the summer, like where he was going, if he was staying at Hearts and whatever. And he said, "Who knows? I could score twenty goals before now in the end of the season and end up in the English Premiership next year." <laughs> wow! <laughs> and I quote, "Unbelievable!" Eh? Got to love the ambition. Aye, go for <laughs> it. exactly. You can like uh, Ronaldo levels score in. But if we think about it, though, maybe building upon the the players don't play well for Hearts, are they maybe just badly coached? In a word, yes. <laughs> Just because if we look at even players like Michael Smith, no, even he's playing very well right now. Yeah. You're not wrong there. So are you saying Graham Alexander's a better coach than Robbie Nielsen? I mean, he's... Yeah. Mm. I... <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, aye, well done, Jordan Roberts. Um, I highly doubt we'll see him play in Maroon again. But there you go. Just popping up the goals against the hips. Um in terms of transfers, Hammy, you threw a, a name in the mixer earlier in the week in our, in our wee group chat, in our Sack the Board group chat. Uh, Mr. David Bates, uh, what have you, what's your thoughts and feelings about him? No nonsense centre-back. Um, I mean, what, he's at Rangers. He's even got a few caps for Scotland recently. He's now on loan at Bruges, um, playing regularly there. They do have an option to buy. Yeah. Um, and let's say he's made 15 appearances already this season, so they obviously rate him. Um, it didn't work out for him at Sheffield Wednesday, but he's a, genuinely, I think he's just the type of centre-back that we, we would need, alongside somebody else, a pacey centre-back. Um, but a big six-foot-four fifer at the back for Hearts? Oh, give me that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be alongside another six foot four centre back from Fife, John Souter. Craig Levine. <laughs> oh. I th- but no, I, th- I think it's a good play- a good player. Um, Twenty four, so still young. He's still got that sell on value. He's, he's let's be honest, he's knocked a bit a bit. He went he went to Europe to try and improve himself, which is quite good for a, a Scottish player. You usually see them just yeah jumped in League One or something and something an easy shot, but he went over to Hamburg and 
and you probably never, well, he's still at Hamburg, but obviously on loan. I think we can all attest that Hamburg is amazing. So right. obviously why he's not left there. But you know, good for I think I, I think it'd be a decent decent signing if we could. I don't know. Let's say he's went from Rangers to Hamburg and things, so he's probably on a decent wedge, I would imagine. Probably more than what we could offer, but hmm. you've got you to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just give him a, a high base salary and all that. Um, I think it's something to look into so if it doesn't work out at Bruges, but I think it will. Um, Fair play. Just when you said it, I thought it sounded very, very harsh. You know, yeah. All the all the reasons you just covered, high profile kind of player, but yeah, dodgy out on a out on a limb just now. Yeah, I, I just wonder if he's not injury prone enough. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, David Bates. It's amazing what you hear for the staunch great brain. Uh, the Sun are reporting that heavily linked by the Broken Hearts podcast, Thomas Robert is joining Celtic in the summer, which is incredible news considering they have no chief executive for next year or a manager. So I don't know how <laughs> can even come come to light. Like who is just the club? Is just a big moving person. <laughs> Lincoln. I'm sure Lol Lol will still be acting in the interest of Celtic's future. I'm sure he will be. And that boy from the, the rugby union will be working it in the evenings. <laughs> Shadowing him, just following him about. Hey. And this is this is where you send an email. <laughs> uh, just finally on transfer news, this right back Loney seems to still be pending, but we'll cover that um, when we're dis- discussing Michael Smith specifically in just a moment. Um, unfortunately, it's time to speak about an actual Hearts game. Um, our third 1-1 in a row it's a, a terrible time for Hearts podcasters it makes it very difficult when it's the same old dross every week uh, and some podcasts have decided to just not talk about the games at this point but players and management need stick <laughs> it's only right <laughs> that, the, that the, the wheels keep turning the caravan has to keep on moving um, so Simon first of all do you want to set us up with how we, how we lined up and all that I mean, believe it or not, brace yourself, boys. We it was a four-two-three-one um, oh. with Craig Gordon, uh, Halkett, Popescu as the centre backs, uh, Michael Smith, Kingsley as the full backs, and then we had uh, Aaron McInef and Andy Halliday as the holding mids, with Castanier and Gary Mackay Stephen as the wingers, and then Naismith and Boyce as kind of the front two, with Naismith playing a bit deeper. Um, once again, as we all know. It didn't fucking work. Um, <laughs> it was very fucking boring. We created even less chances than we usually do. The same amount of shots on target, though. Usually we had about three or four. What was the buy or sell this week? Five. Buy or sell? Shots on no target. five last week. Uh, yes. We didn't was. fucking get that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just once again a bit boring, a bit lackluster. I don't think we should waste too much time again on going how we played and just go straight into the digging. And let, let us dig. Um, why don't we dissect it in the the kind of key key moments through the game? Maybe start on a on a high, which is the only high. <laughs> <laughs> the, the opening ten minutes were all hearts. Um, Mac and F was pulling strings and and trying everything he could um, we looked okay to start with 
Jarvie, you're being far too kind here. We were fucking awful. <laughs> like, we, sh- we should not be drawing in games like that. We were fucking atrocious. Even in the Paddy. first 10 minutes, did you think, Paddy? Doesn't matter. We drew 1 1. <laughs> I think McInerney, I think he starts with so much positivity and vigor, and just slowly his, his energy and fucking willingness is just drained away from him by everyone else playing in that squad. And he just goes, What's the fucking point? Yeah. It's like, Have you watched Harry Potter? <laughs> well, there's these things called Death Eaters, and they basically. Oh, right. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. The, the life out you, basically. <laughs> Imagine Stephen A. Smith is a Death Eater, and McInerney is a poor wee wizard. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but yeah, uh, moving swiftly on to Stephen Naismith. We, I said it before the se- season started, and I can't mind who disagreed with me, but Stephen Naismith is now past it, and you are all surely going to agree with me. Yep. Uh, he's awful and bald. <laughs> <laughs> and Paddy Hammy's bloody bald. <laughs> um, what we'll do, uh, just because I'll be all over the place here if you start speaking about Naismith now. But uh, I think I did stick up for him at the start of the season, Simon. Um, but he's passed it now, 100%. Yeah, as the seasons went on, I wouldn't wouldn't stick up for him anymore. That's for sure. Nah. Um, well, I thought the first ten minutes went okay. However, it suddenly changed when um, Inverness scored. So <laughs> Michael Smith fucked up a kind of back pass header. Miles Story simply ran through and tapped it past Craig Gordon. Um, how how did you feel at this moment? Were you fucking were you raging? Because I actually laughed, <laughs> like Aye. just so shocked. Aye, um, I just thought like because I don't think we played amazing the the first ten minutes, but I do think their goal was against the run of play, and it just gave them the the way into the game that they were just looking for, wasn't it? It was just that classic, just don't make a mistake in in that sort of that sort of situation. I mean, don't make a mistake at any time, but. When you're controlling a game in the first 10 minutes, the last thing you want to do is give the the opposition any sort of motivation and any sort of way into the game. And it's exactly what we did. Disappointing for Smith. Mm-hmm. Again. Very. It, was, um, it was annoying because it was just a, a long ball over the top as well. It's, it's not, you know, it wasn't a clinical pass. It was just a lob ball over the top and Smith just gets muscled off it really. Um, trying to heed it back to a keeper or Halka. I don't know. It seemed to go right between them, and it, uh, it was. And I know I'm not a professional footballer. I'm not in that sort of situation daily. It's very easy to say, but Michael Smith, as soon as he feels that contact, should just go down because yeah. the referee's going to give it as a foul. Just use all your experience there and just get in, get in front of him, and just fall over because nowadays that's a foul, and the ref's going to give it. So. And if, if worst case scenario, he falls over you and then Gordon can just clean up. Ken, who would have fell over? Better. That's <laughs> <laughs> not better to do that. Oh, aye, if you need someone to fall over, better's your man. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right. The, the way that the contact comes in, it was very smart play for the striker. I kind of mind his... Mile story. Mile story. Very, very smart. Just... Nudges him, but you're right. If, if Smith had went doing, I know he sort of stumbles and falls, but if he'd actually aye. taken a bit of Milk a, it, aye. yeah, um, he, he would have got the free kick there. Um, so yeah, just very, just again, uncharacteristic. And Smith's not been great. 
No, he's not. I don't know if we've got a curse on him or something. Mm. Well, boys, four of his worst games in Maroon in a row now. Um, Yeah. Do you think standards are slipping because there's literally no other right-backs at the club? Do you think it's because of the lack of pressure? I wouldn't say so. I don't... Like, you always want competition for your position, especially if you're a manager. You're wanting people to to be fighting for positions. But I just expect more for Smith. I just expect him to just keep those levels up, just because he has previously. Yep. I agree. I don't I don't know. I think he's a a true professional. I think he'll always give his best. I, but I just there's obviously something and I know you're talking about death eaters and all that, but sometimes at the club the players just look like they can't be fucked at all. Aye. Um, and it's gonna grind on you if you've got players in front of you that, you know, aren't performing, aren't doing the bare minimum, like Smith and Kingsley and and, and Boyce, who are, are Properly putting in hundred percent, but are getting absolutely nothing. Eddie White, aye. Crystal Fader. But it's it's concerning. I would say it's concerning because if he's not able to play to his best, then there's something seriously wrong. It's like he's lost the dressing room, and by he, I mean Nielsen. Generally, yeah. it looks like that they're not playing for him anymore. Doesn't look. I don't know if they're not playing for him, but it doesn't look like they believe in what he's trying to get them to do, or they're just not no. good enough, mm-hmm. or all three. I think it might be a wee bit of oh, all three. I, yeah, I think you could be right. Um, st- sticking with Smith specifically, uh, he did go off with an, in- an injury, might be a minor one, but nevertheless, he's off and there's no backup. Um, He's also going to miss a, a good couple of games at the end of the month, going away on international duty with Northern Ireland. Uh, and by the way, we'll be out, I'll be without Liam Boyce and no doubt Craig Gordon too over this period. Um, with no right back coming in, it seems. Um, what do you do to cover this position? There's talk about Pepescu going on the right, the better would come in. Does um, Kingsley go on the right and you bring in A.D. White? Do you bring Cammy Logan in since Cove aren't playing anymore? How do you cover that position if no one comes in? Christoph Berra right back. <laughs> <laughs> what we could do is instead of playing Christoph Berra at right back or centre back, you can just um, get like a big bag of, bag of sand or a bag of concrete and just put a wee pile there and just hope that that fucking knocks the ball out of the way when they're running. <laughs> um, I just realised I missed someone who we definitely would want to see come in. See Peter Haring come in the middle and see Pepesco go out on the right or someone else. I just think it's it's fine playing centre-backs at right-back if you're not expecting them to get forward. I think the way we play, we need our full-backs to get forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I didn't want to see Pepesco trying to run with the ball. <laughs> I didn't running down the right wing. Hey, it might, it might free him up because he loves running with the ball, but he loves running with the ball into like their centre mids. <laughs> yeah. So maybe if there's a bit of space, he can just bomb away. I agree with Simon there. Like we need our fullbacks to bomb forward because none of our wingers seem to want to bomb forward. Mm-hmm. So we need some players to be able to do that. Yeah. Here lies the problem of, of our season. Um, tricky games that Smith's going to miss by the way and potentially Boyce and Gordon 
got our broth away. We all know how hard that is. Uh, Queen of the South at home, and we all know they're like Champions League level. Um, and then Dunfermline away. When when are these games? Sorry, end of March, very end of the month. I mean, you'd hope that we'd be able to pretty much be saying we're wrapping it up by then. Uh, this is embarrassing that we are saying that they're going to be hard games, but they are going to be hard games. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that's Michael Smith and our our right back. What what about our left back? A man that's often went under the radar. Started the season very very well. Uh, Stephen Kingsley. I think he's played every minute of the season, potentially. Maybe wrong there, and maybe White came in earlier in the season, can't remember, but he's definitely went under the radar. He's starting to come under scrutiny now because no one is safe. Um, how have you rated Kingsley's recent performances? 90% of the season he's been great. The last couple of games he has not been good. And I think this adds to your point, Paddy, that what's changed? Like, What in these players has changed? Is it the belief in what Robbie Nielsen's trying to do or or what has changed? Because we've seen these players play really well at this level. Yep. And surely they're getting fitter and they're getting more comfortable playing together. So why are we getting worse? Yeah, exactly. You know, I was thinking, see, with the when the fixtures came out and we knew we had Dundee at home, that was a huge game, obviously, because of the, the whole John Nelms thing and Dundee demotion etc and then we had the the semi-final the Hibs game shortly thereafter I think there was so much momentum going into those couple of games at the start of the season that afterwards the players must have felt like the season was already done you know, you know what I mean we I... hammered Dundee we got past Celtic uh, sorry we got past Hibs in the semi and then the momentum the energies just went downhill gradually 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 since then well that's on the manager to go Right, boys, sort this fucking out, or you are all out of here. Uh huh. Exactly. Stop picking the same players that keep providing bad performances. There's got to be some sort of jeopardy to playing badly. You can't just play badly four game in a row and expect to just turn up the next week and be absolutely fine. Totally agree. This is all on management now. And I, I wasn't like a month ago. I wasn't even close to Robbie Nielsen out, but uh, he's taking the piss now. Like, <laughs> this is a piss take <laughs> our wage budget is 9 million in the championship like surely the next team is half of what that is we should be walking this league yeah 100% I mean we always say when Celtic were winning their 9 in a row we say oh we'll look at their wage budget compared to everyone else mm-hmm. exactly this is what we, we're in this position now and we're no, be, we're no able to do it so maybe it's harder than it fucking looks uh, <laughs> well done, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not being arrogant when I'm saying that either. But we are, like, in terms of club size, miles bigger than anybody in this league, with a miles bigger wage budget and supposedly much better players. Like, it's it's just a bit embarrassing now. What should we ever? Sorry, Hammy. Sort of on that point. What I've noticed on social medias and kickback and things like that is fans starting to. I guess, sort of defend the performances and things by saying that fans' um, expectations are too high. Fuck off. No, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I'm uh, a Hearts fan. Hearts should be challenging for third place in the Premiership, not fucking drawing 1-1 with Inverness Cali Thistle. Uh, if my expectations are too high to beat Inverness Cali Thistle in the Championship, then I'll give up fucking football. 
Aye. Aye, exactly. <laughs> it's not even just Inverness Cali Thistle. It's Inverness Cali Thistle with an interim manager who had been there for four days. <laughs> like, how the fuck did we draw that game? And to almost not deserve a draw. Aye, exactly. You're right, it does come back to the manager. I mean, it's three weeks in a row, well, more than three weeks in a row, it's so easy for everyone else to see that he's setting us up too defensively. Yeah. And he's going out there to get a goal in the first 10, 15 minutes, and when we don't get it, we concede a goal. <laughs> and everyone shits themselves. The energy just leaves the complete, the full team. Right. But what gets me is any interview you see with him after a game, he's just pining, moaning like a little bitch. And it's getting boring. <laughs> he's trying to blame everybody and won't take responsibility for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've got some Nielsen quotes and bits and bobs for you in a wee bit. So why don't we, uh, we'll, we'll speak about Nielsen a wee bit more in a moment. Oh, that's going to trigger me so much, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I continue. am already triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Just to continue oh, covering off our, our terrible back four, let's speak about Mr. Halkett and uh, Popescu. Uh, Popescu gets slated more and more as the, the weeks go on and the bandage on his head unravels. Uh, he seems <laughs> to just get worse and worse. Uh, and Craig Halkett, I, I've said Craig Halkett's not good enough to play for Hearts since before the season started. And it looks like... Uh, more, more of a majority of the fan base has started to notice this now, which is pleasing. Um, what did you rate the, of the two of them from the weekend? I'm still, I think Simon said this before him and Hammy as well, that I'm still of the opinion that Halkett needs somebody better playing next to him. Like, I, I don't actually think Halkett's a terrible defender. I just don't think he is the dominant centre-back. Yeah. You need somebody next to him to make him, for him to be better, which I know is an excuse, but Popescu is shite. I think Popescu's been better than Halkett, but I do agree. I think Halkett's got a higher ceiling. Um, but when Berra was alongside, at his, at his peak alongside Halkett a couple of years ago, Halkett was coming in and having good performances. And we've seen him play well in the Premier League, so we know he is capable of it. I do put everything currently, every Hearts performance, I'm putting my little asterisks saying this was under Robbie Nielsen. Hmm. And that yeah, uh, makes it sound harsh, but I just think we've seen all these players play a lot better than this this season. Why are they now playing this badly? And it's it's confidence, it's preparation, it's tactics, it's understanding of what the coach is doing, and it's believing what the coach is doing is a is a positive thing. I don't think all those factors are there, and I think that's putting people's performances where they are. Okay. Yep. That's fair enough. Um, the the next note on the agenda here is twenty second minute. Craig Gordon done a bloody Cruyff turn. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never been so nervous in my life, and it was perfect. It was such a good turn. He absolutely done it. Bye. Very very nerve wracking, but you know what? Why not? <laughs> Absolute shit house today. He probably touches the ball for like less than 0.1% of his career. Why not just have <laughs> yeah. a fucking blast sometimes? <laughs> Fair play to you, Mr. Gordon. Um, now, we all know Cameron loves rating players' feet, how good they are with their feet, especially keepers. So I asked him, he said that he still thinks Craig Gordon's feet are filed under the brutal category. However, <laughs> the Cruyff turn was a full 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> 
proof that if you throw enough shit, eventually some will stick. Um, now on to a small glimmer of hope f- uh, for, for the evening. It was an evening? Hi, it was Friday evening. Uh, yeah. A small glimmer of hope. Mr. Gary Mackay Stephen has been... Uh, there's been people saying he had a good game. I'd, I'd maybe beg, beg to differ and say he had a 6 out of 10 instead of a 4 out of 10 myself. But uh, what did you make of his performance? He had one he, good run, I he, thought. He did what... Um what I expect, kind of the minimum for him to be doing, like winning free kicks, easing the pressure, getting him behind and getting some crosses in. That's what I want to see him doing consistently. To get to the next level, he needs to be creating chances and scoring goals. And that's when that's when I'll enjoy him playing and I'll give him eights and nines. But yeah, I think about a six is, is fair. It was his best performance and that's saying something. Yeah, it definitely was his best performance. I think one runs harsh, Paddy. I would say he made three. He did win a good few free kicks as well. They were chopping them down. Yep. Well, you've teed it up nicely, Simon, because it was one of the fouls on GMS that led to the goal. Um, Fouled out on the wing. McInef swung it in. Uh, Craig Halkett finally got his head on the ball instead of Popescu. And (laughs) because he beat Popescu to it, he set up uh, Boise for a tapping inside the box. Um, Any comments on the goal? It It was what it was, wasn't it? It's good movement for Boyce, good good spatial awareness, understanding where the ball's probably going to be. Um, as the centre-back getting up for that, you're thinking, I'm just going to try and get it towards the goal. And as a striker, you're just going to go, I'm just going to go near the keeper and hope it, hope the ball comes my way. And uh, it worked out well. And I think Boyce had more than it, it looked because we've seen Popescu in that position. I know Popescu's a centre-back, Boyce is a striker. But we've seen Popescu that position about eight times the last couple of games, yeah, and I'm fucking rocket it into the stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Hammy Paddy, happy with, with um, Boyce's performance? You thought he'd done okay considering not much came his way? I think Boyce has been one of the s- small shining lights throughout the whole of this season, to be honest. And if he had better service, he'd have more goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. He's He's still looking... Well, still scoring, you know, that's it. That getting into that position, a right poacher's goal. Um, he's still trying hard, and you can see the fact that he's still dropping deep to the halfway line half the game. That he's still trying to get involved, but he just knows that there's absolutely fuck all behind him. Hmm. Um, in this case, Naismith. Um, so yeah, he's he just cuts a very, very frustrated figure, and even after his goal, there it was a bit like. You looking at his face, it was like thank fuck because I just I you get you get that impression with the squad at the moment. They're, they're thankful that they scored rather than they're expectant. Hey, relief instead of joy. Yeah. How many? I meant to share this before we we started. How many goals is it for the season? Is it eleven for boys? Ten or I think eleven. So. Yeah. <laughs> meant to check that. Uh, for any new listeners, we've we've picked up along the way over the last several weeks. Me and Simon have a wager, an over under fifteen goal marker. Then it's a five or a goal. So Simon has the under, and I have the over. So yeah, only a hat trick away from really piling on the pressure, Simon. Nine games to go. I know. Um, I was looking so good for me as well, and he's just gone and he's hit really great form. I mean, it's one win. If Liam yeah. Boy scores more goals, I get to see him win, score more goals, but. Yeah, that's true. Fucking start so, with a fiver for each one. Remember, so he's got 11 goals now, right, and he's potentially missing three games at the end of the yeah. month. Yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> he's going to end up on fifteen. Yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> just end up shaking hands and going hearts. No. <laughs> um, hey, that's that. Write your check. Pounds <laughs> and zero pence. Uh, that was my first half notes and uh, covering off half the team. Uh, at halftime, Castanier went off for Ginile. Uh Castanier had quite a quiet game. Any any thoughts on his performance? Looking like another tremendous signing. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, he was uh, underwhelming again. I don't know if he got pulled because he was injured or unfit or... But Should being I... pulled at being pulled at four forty five minutes in for any reason is never a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um Paddy, what do you do with Castanier? Do you think uh, like you and Henderson can possibly go out on the right wing instead, or do you think you've got to just keep playing him? If I was a Hearts manager, both Moore and Henderson would have had a chance by now, but yeah. I'm not, and Robbie Nielsen is, and he clearly doesn't like the youth players. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue, isn't it? The... Uh... I don't know if you want to bring this up now, but the the lack of opportunities, and maybe this is the, the because Nielsen was thinking, oh, well, I'll get the league sewn up and then I'll blood some more players. But, hmm. man, just the lack of chances that a lot of these young players have got that we've seen play well in the Premier League. Like, this is surely the perfect opportunity for them to get more minutes playing for hearts. And it's just going to be a wasted opportunity, isn't it? And that's the biggest disappointment. See what you've got. If they're no good enough at the championship, sell them. Yeah, exactly. And if they're good enough here, well, let's see if they're good enough next year as well. And then you've got a Premier League player that you've paid fuck all for. Yeah. Exactly. And do you know what else is pissing me off? Is Andy Irving is clearly not signing a um, new contract. Aye. And he's out of the team now. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just horrible. Funnily enough, we're going to speak about Andy Irving in a bit more detail when discussing Andy Halliday. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder why we'll, we'll come on to that um, you know there's there's only three players in the heart squad if you kind of put Ewan Henderson to the side there's only three hearts players in the heart fuck's sake three players in the heart squad who came through the youth academy Andy Irvin Christoph Berra and Craig Gordon it's just not good enough for a, for a club that prides itself on on having a good youth academy and I think it does I think you've seen that in the past um, and we do constantly hear what was it Maybe two years ago we heard, oh, this is the best young crop of players yeah. parts I've ever possibly had. Well, where the fuck are they? I know. Well, remember at the start of the season, all of pre-season, we watched Chris Hamilton playing at the back. Yeah. And he hardly put a foot wrong. And you know, he was straight out of the door on loan before I the know. season even started, despite all our, our woes at the back. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's what do these players have to... Because if you're a young player and the first 11 are all experienced players and they're fucking walloping every team, you go, right, fair enough, maybe there isn't a, a straightaway chance here for me. But if you're watching their performances and then going, am I no good enough to get into that team? It's going to be disheartening and you're going to think, what the fuck do I have to do to get a chance here? Uh-huh. And so then they'll start even... thinking, I, I'm not getting a chance here, I'm going to get a chance somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep. The same as uh, young McGill, who kind of, well, he made his, his debut for the club this season as well. He looked so, all right. Yeah, and he looked fine. People are saying Peter Haran's only on the bench to fill a, you know, a spot there. He's not actually fit enough to play. But if that's true, then Peter Haran shouldn't be on the bench. And why yeah. is McGill not on the bench? You yeah. know, it's, it's things like this. 
Completely Robbie agree. Nielsen. Robbie Nielsen hates kids. <laughs> second half uh, Nandwili how do you think he got on it was pretty quiet I thought yeah. I thought he looked good yeah I thought he looks good I think he just is just especially as a striker you, you get not a lot of touches of the ball so unless you're Liam Boyce and you're at the halfway line you need to um, you need to make the most of it and I think it is just getting his sharpness up getting his confidence back up and and finding him finding his, his role in that squad and finding what he should be doing. I mean, it's all very well being a target man, but if the ball's going nowhere near you, or mm-hmm. if it's not very good, then you can only do so much. His, um, his big chance was really only chance when he cut the ball, and it came for him getting the ball played to his feet. Yeah. And we just we seem to much prefer launching it up to his head. Yeah, no well, comes it. It was the same issue we had with Nadi, wasn't it? That he he always said that he's been typecast because he's a big, strong, powerful guy. That people would assume that he'd want the ball up in the air to his head so he can win challenges. But he played the ball at his feet all his career growing up, so that's what he's good at. And then Hearts would just launch balls up to him that he just wasn't comfortable dealing with. I think he, he just him just being on the pitch causes the opposition team problems though because he's such a big player. Yeah. Um, and that's the dynamics that changed when he came on. There was an actual threat up there. They had to deal with him. Whereas you didn't really get that when Boyce is up there on his own. Um, and your wingers are really not doing much. They can, you know, they can double up on Boyce. They can completely mark him out of the game. Whereas when Nandoli's up there, it's it's just completely different. But yeah. we, we didn't seem to be utilising them as well as we probably should be. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're utilising anyone as good as we should be. <laughs> well, yeah. But, um, next note here now, Parry, you uh, you had <laughs> a lot to say about this man. Now, we, we've all, we're all in need of a haircut here, but there's no need to wear an Alice band. Parry, what did you make of <laughs> Inverness's uh, David Carson's hair? It was disgusting. That's all I have to say on this matter. <laughs> well, yeah, he did. Uh, he did give us the highlight of the match for me. He went in so late on Craig Gordon. Uh, I don't think he got booked for it. Um, maybe he did. He went in very late on Craig Gordon, and Craig Gordon went absolutely nuts and tried to fight him. <laughs> and David Carson yeah. told him he had smelly breath. What did you make? <laughs> of that? <sighs> Just one of the things, isn't it? Really, I mean, I didn't think Gordon had that in him. I'll be honest. No, with it's you. good seeing it. Yeah. yeah, a bit of fight there. Um, David Carson just prick. So that's yeah. no part of it. It's going on. <laughs> Smelly breath. All right, cool. Good when you're oh. fucking dick. I'm sure Gordon will um, go home and cry into his wads of cash that he's got. <laughs> and, uh, really think about David Carson. Well, don't you think? There's minging here. Don't you think of all the people in Scottish football? There's surely like one man you'd respect. And it's Greg Gordon. Like to go and lay <laughs> yeah. on him and then tell him he's got smelly breath is so cheeky. Like I was <laughs> absolutely rattled by it. Like and that's why you want a player in there who's just gonna go, Don't worry, Craig, I'll fucking level him. I don't think I've seen that David Carson even anyone get near him. I'd be fuming. If I was a keeper, I'd be like, go and someone just crop him, take him out. Hmm. I liked uh, Stephen Naismith wasn't actually even looking when Carson went and lay on him. But by the time Gordon was pushing into him, Naismith had his back, to be fair. He was straight in there like, what the fuck are you doing? He's going to fight anyone, like, even when he doesn't know what it's for. Good man. Fair play to him. 
Um, but on that note, Stephen A. Smith went off for Jamie Walker on the 61st minute. And other than having Craig Gordon's back, he was shite. Um, we've, we've touched on A. Smith already being a death eater, um, to, sucking the life out of Adam McInef. Um, he, he is. Do you just think, I mean, he's going to get his game till the end of the season, isn't he? Regardless. Uh, aye, he probably will. Um, like I said earlier, I don't think he's good enough, but I'm not sure if I would start Walker over him. So are you settled on Walker being an impact sub at 27 years old? <laughs> Until I could see him play consistently. I mean, he came on as a sub at the on Friday night and didn't really make an impact. So I, I think maybe it's just a consistency thing. Um, and... But I, I just, I'd rather play Nondwili as a second striker than play Stephen Naismith or Jamie Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Walker had a funny, funny game. The first thing he did, if you remember, was he gave away an absolute hospital pass in the middle of the park and countered and almost scored. Um, oh no, you're right, Jamie. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did almost set up a goal like moments later. And then later on in the game, from 18 yards out, he hit the ball out of the stadium. <laughs> so uh, an interesting uh, night all round for Walker. Um, Simon, Nandwili Nan was injured. It only seemed like a wee niggle, but he's been given kind of uh, 10 minutes, 25 minutes, now 45 minutes. Do you think we'll see two up top, him and Boise, this Saturday? I mean, he has been really reserved. So either, either Nandwili can't get fit or... He's just really, really bringing him back very slowly. But I hope so. I hope we get to see two strikers and, and Robbie Nielsen maybe. Not that he ever really should listen to us, should he? But he does make some changes that need to be made because what we're doing right now doesn't work. Maybe it'll be forced with Michael Smith. Maybe they're just going to have to not play hmm. fullbacks. Do you know what I mean? Just play three at the back and just play two wingers. Christ, chuck better in between Halkett and Pepescu. Oh my pro- he probably will. That's what he probably do. I'm not going to sleep now between. Carry <laughs> <laughs> wait. <laughs> interesting. Um, from what you've seen of Nandwili, it is hard because you know he is getting fitter. He's played here and there. Do you think we're looking at a good Premier League level centre forward? Um. I mean, he's he's looking like he could get there. Um, I think his finishing looks all right. His movement, his his physicality looks like it's definitely definitely of the level it needs to be. We'll just need to see him more consistently before we make a decision. Mm-hmm. Liam Boyce had a, a pretty similar start to his career. He was sort of in and out, injured a wee bit. So maybe mm-hmm. it just takes a bit of time. Yeah, I think um, looking at the Premier League strikers, and this isn't about race, it's just purely the players that have been signed and the style of play. Um, but Obika and um, Kabamba, very similar centre forwards, and they've been brilliant. Well, at times they've been brilliant. Aye, we've I known think... that Obika's been great. Eh? He scores against us <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and I'd say, looking at them, genuinely, Nandwili's uh, got more about him than those two. He's, got, he's better by his feet, like we were talking about, I'd say, for sure. So... Excited to see what he can do once we start building this team uh, next season. It's good, good player to have, I think. I think he's going to come good. Um, that kind of wraps up the game. Other than, do you want to talk about the last five minutes where Nandwili did go very close? He was offside. We had Boyce hit the bar. That was that really weird one where Ridgers let the ball bounce. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it almost uh, bounced into the goal. I think Richards thought it was going over, um, but it stayed in play. Yeah, um, I, like it's just it just wasn't very inspiring. There was even though we were drawn one all, it kind of felt like they were like, oh well, well, they didn't believe that they were going to score. They thought, well, we'll try. We'll see what happens. Eh? Mm-hmm. It was it was very dodgy. And uh, Popescu probably should have been sent off at the end as well. If you remember, the uh, Inverness striker was basically clean through, and he took him out. He was very lucky to get away with that one, but the game was dead anyway by that point. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. The game stats, 59% possession, 12 shots, 3 on goal and 5 corners. So we have digressed from the week before. Terrell. I But it's really hard to get a draw at this level. <laughs> well, so, so to get 4, what absolute brilliant result. Well, Robin Nielsen said pre-match, we want to win matches, uh, score lots of goals. And he said, post-match, a draw is a good result in this league. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise to anybody that's offended by bad language, but fuck off, Robbie. <laughs> fuck off. I know, man. You've just got to be able to take some, some responsibility and just be like, listen, this isn't good enough. And everyone that I think, everyone that I know, if Robbie Nielsen just came out and went... Aye, the last four games have not been good enough. We should be winning these games. We're looking at it. We're going to change it. I don't know if I'd be as Robbie Nielsen out as if he comes out and just blames everyone else and makes up some weird fucking sayings and just says, oh, aye, getting a draw at this level is hard. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree aye, with it that. Is. Yeah. It is getting a fucking draw at this level is hard for us because we should be losing these fucking games. <laughs> Great work, Harps. I mean, there's managers that obviously, you know, Jose Mourinho's an absolute legend for it, taking the, deflecting the focus from players, taking the heat on him instead. But what Nielsen's doing is just like change the record. That's just the same excuse every week. And there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, I know we haven't been good enough. Like we all know it. Why won't you just say it? No, everyone can see it. Aye. You're also able to say what Mourinho says because he's won two Champions Leagues. Robbie mm. Nielsen has not won two Champions Leagues. He's not even played in the Champions League. He's won two championships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going for going for this stuff. Um, he's gonna get. I feel like he'll be <laughs> end of the season unless we get beat. I think. See, even if we get beat on Saturday, I don't think Robbie Nielsen will resign or get sacked. Do you? No. No. He's not resigning. He's he's got a cush to be number. I guess it's um, there's no not really as long as he doesn't go on Twitter, there's no real fan pressure considering we're in a lockdown, is there? <laughs> no, I don't. Mm. How funny it will be if we just fucking continue this scrape by this win, then parading that trophy on the first game day of the season. Oh, I don't think they would. <laughs> they wouldn't dare. They would. <laughs> Imagine that. Here's the the championship trophy and getting booed off the park. <laughs> we'll come back to Tinkcastle, ladies and gentlemen. We should. It's just because we're hearts. We should just fucking boo it. Start with boos. Remember how the last season ended away in St Mirren. Uh, I'll never forget Stephen Naismith turning to clap us in the away end Aye. in Paisley and just talk. everyone booing and sticking our middle finger up at Stephen Naismith. Like, just fuck off. <laughs> never Absolutely leave. love hearts, eh? <laughs> Why do we still support Odnado? <laughs> uh, good times and the bad times, yeah. I think it's because we're psychopaths. There's like no other reason. 
no, and it's that definitely driving me loopy. Like, um, so those defending uh, kind of Hart slash Robbie Nielsen are saying, you know, we're we're still twelve clear at the top. Um, if you if you look at our points record per games, we're actually in the same position that Rangers were when they were in the championship and went on to get promoted to put it in context with other teams who have been in this position. Um, I'm just I just no I'm not having that at all. Like I cannot believe there's people out there actually defending, like saying it's fine, like there's not an issue. I know I was speaking to one of my neighbours, um, he's a Hearts fan, and uh, he was like, "Oh well, you know, we'll still get promoted. We'll see you next season." I just thought, "Are you not watching these games? <laughs> like, is this not happening? Like, it's just the level of apathy and sort of just dejection that some Hearts fans and I'm not saying that how they should support their club or whatever, but Surely we're bigger than this. Like, surely we want more than this. It says a lot what they've had to go through the last few years that they think this is good. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure he went through the 80s, so like, he's just like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. This yeah. is all fine. Like, I do think like I'm quite a, a happy-go-lucky person, normally. I just think when people say, like, oh, it's fine, we're going to get promoted, I just think, like, you're on a whole different level than me. You must just love every day of your life and never have any issue. <laughs> like, you I may am have... not a happy-go-lucky person. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> right. You may have noticed that we discussed 10 out of 11 players um, from Friday night's game. And that's because we're now going to go over to Hammy for Out of Context Jambles Kickback and Andy Halliday edition. <laughs> oh, away and don't talk a lot of shame. So, Jambles Kickback's favourite ex-Jer, Andy Halliday. What were they thinking of him? Well, believe it or not, on Friday at 22.27... Barely after the game, there was a thread started called Halliday, what is the actual point? <laughs> it starts off with week after week, game after game, this guy gets a wage. Why? He's never more than a 5 out of 10. Here, taking money and contributing nil, nil another beyond disappointing uh, signing. Another one says he adds nothing but a snarling face. Does he have a right foot? Andy Irvin needs to up his game if he's behind him and train him. Um, another one says, not fit and good enough, Irving, every week before him. Now, this became a bit of a theme, um, like we've been saying for weeks now. Irving should be in the team. Another one says, says it all really that he could only muster three games for his previous club, Gabala. He and Naismith are taking the piss. Both are beyond awful. Naismith got it as well, by the way. Um, another one says, there is, na- there is no point... Can we send him off to be turned into glue? Um, if his big thing is a snarling face, then he needs to up his game. He couldn't scare a feckin' baby. Maybe shave his head and actually make a hard tackle now and again. Shite. Only word to describe him. What does he actually offer? Our most effective midfielder, according to the club troll, I don't know if that's uh, Nielsen, um, have a few players like him at the club, happy to turn up and take a wage, offers nothing. Uh, again, again, as he's on um, the, the open goal, that always seems yeah. to come up with uh, Andy Halliday. So he says, turns up and gives open goal 100% week in, week out, trying to be the funny man. I really only hope he signed a one-year deal. And uh, another man says, I hope he never dons the Hearts jersey ever again. 
just to finish, one man says, I have positive to say about him. He is slightly not as shite as Irving. Now, I thought that might might be a bit contentious for this uh, this podcast. I'm not a football snob. Enjoy football how you want to enjoy it. I enjoy like looking at the tactics of the things a bit more than than some other people. What the fuck are you watching? If you think <laughs> Andy Halliday has been playing better than Andy Irvin, I do not get what you are watching. I, come explain it to me. <laughs> I echo at, I echo that statement. At me at us on Twitter and go right. This is why I think Andy Halliday is better than Andy Irvin. I want to know because I'm watching another fucking game. If you think he's better than him. Mm-hmm. And before you tweet us, here's a stat for you as well. And thanks to, sorry if I'm butchering your name here, M. McTernan on Instagram for this one. Um, In the championship, we average 3.1 goals and 2.6 points when Irving plays and 1.4 goals and 1.6 points when he doesn't. That's from Game Started. Sounds incredible. That That is a lot of points, that is a lot, like a big difference in such a small amount of games and a handful of games, like, what is that, 10 games each on each side of that? How many games was that played? For, for the whole seasons up to this point. No, so. no, but how many with them? Or was it? did it not say how many games, sorry? He's not been into that much detail here. Right, okay. But, so that, what, half the half the season? How many games we played? 19? Yeah. yeah. Call it 10. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it is a lot of points in such a short space of time. If you had that over a whole season, you'd be uh, like a full season. It'd be impressive. Yeah. So so after Irvin's good run of games, and it, it was all sounding rosy in the turn of the year, Irvin's getting offered a new contract. We, we discussed on the podcast, give him a five-year deal and give him the money that Stephen Naismith's on, make him the highest paid player at the club, build a team around him. That's how impressed we were with Irvin. And then what was the rumours about what he was actually being offered? Under four figures, so three figure sum. So at, at most about 950 quid a week. Yeah. Uh, like 50 quid a week and a chubba chop. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is we probably can't offer him too much money because we are still fucking paying Stephen Naismith the money that Stephen Naismith's on. He's reportedly on between what six and eight grand a week, and he's uh, got like another two years after this, or is it another yeah. year after this? <laughs> Not two and a half years left of that deal. Shit, in hell, man. You do have um, Bear going out in the summer, he's on at least four or five grand a week, I'm sure. I've no idea, but we just, although we did well selling a lot of players and, and getting a lot of players out, we've got a long way to go. Remember. Like Demir. I didn't want to bring it up, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's still at the club as well. I completely forgot about him. He's done like 28 grand a week, I think. (laughs) And he's still got two and a half years left to go as well. Fuck's sake, Craig Levine. (laughs) Like we've said before, I don't think there's a a huge amount of the fan base that realises that Lloyd Demir is probably one of the highest paid players at the club. Yep. It's terrifying. Hammy, what's what's your views on on Irvin and Halliday, what are you saying to this all? I like. I think Irvin's the better player. He's the more creative. He's more technically gifted. Andy Halliday's brought into the team to do a job that we don't currently need. Um, you, you know, teams aren't coming up against us in a way that we need a, a deep line defensive mid. Now, I love a deep line defensive mid. I think they're great, but 
we should not need to play with that player. We need McInef in there, box to box, running, and Andy Irvin sitting in uh, and getting forward and making these passes that we know he can make. That he, he's he's so he's such a good passer of the ball. Andy Halliday will get the ball and he'll make the simple pass to the winger, to the centre back. Say that's what he does, and fine. If you need that in your team, fine. But we don't need that in our team. Especially we like if we're looking at ourselves as the the big the big fish in this pond, and you look at other big fishes in other ponds, they'll pretty much play. For example, Man City will play players like David Silva, Bernardo Silva, as and De Bruyne as centre mids. They're all attacking players, yeah. but they know that if they control the ball, you might as well have more attacking players in, mm-hmm. because if they have the other team have less of the ball, there's less threat. Even Celtic play players like Cal McGregor who is an attacking mid and plays attacking mid for Scotland, they play him as like a holding mid because they know it's better to have a player who can attack than to have two holding mids. It would be a bit bit boring if we just repeated that, but to play two holding mids and then Stephen Naismith at attacking mid who can do nothing, can't attack or defend, it just nullifies all the threats we have and Boyce has so much work to do that when he gets into the opportunities that he's, that he's created for himself... It's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, so on that basis then as well, you could put McInef in Halliday's role so he can do, you know he's a box-to-box midfielder, he's got the legs for it, he can even still do a bit of the defending and keep up the momentum. Play Irvin in there as well, who will be a bit, we can do Forward anything. Thinking. Deeper, a bit more advanced, spray the ball about a bit. Um, or even, I mean, the thing is, right, I, I've got a funny feeling Nielsen likes Halliday because he's top of the his little stats chart for tackles and probably maybe even passes. But all these passes, I bet if you look at none of them are key passes, none of them none of them are assists, they're just wee sideways passes, wee backwards passes leading to nothing at all. Aye, we've all got jobs. We all know little tricks to make it look like our productivity is a lot higher than ours. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Andy Halliday's the same. Aye. So season vet at twenty nine. Aye. Um, are we concluding then that Andy Irving is on his way out at the end of the season? Is that how it's looking? Looks like it, yeah. Uh, he's not signed anything yet. We're in March now. Like <laughs> We've got two months left of the season. Terrifying. If, if I was you... Andy Irving, I wouldn't be signing. Nah, I agree with that. You can't yeah. blame him. No. I'll be human if he leaves in the summer. For nothing. Aye, once again, another young promising player who leaves for... Note. Aye, you're that going al- to be fuming, Jarvie. That alone's a sackable offence for me. The the or the treatment of Andy Irvin is a sackable offence for me. Yeah, it's surely good. part of your part of his job is to protect like future investments like that. See if Andy Irvin goes to like Aberdeen, then he ends up getting a a move to an English Championship side, and he's in the Scotland squad in three four years. If this is how this pans out. You just fucking remember Robbie Nielsen. <laughs> we were offering him £900 a week. The absolute cheek of it, man. <laughs> <sighs> Anything else from Kickback, Cammy? <laughs> uh, no, that was it. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm absolutely shook. Right. Next up, we've got Dundee. <laughs> At home on Saturday at three o'clock. Fuck my life. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look at this positively and say that we've only lost once in the last year at Tencastle, okay? <laughs> that was, what, two weeks ago or something? Yes. 
Um, but listen to this, I had no idea Dundee were on such a bad run. Uh, since losing 6-2 at Tynecastle, Dundee have played nine. They've only won once. They've drawn four and lost four away from home in the Championship. Truly dreadful fun. Well, sounds like a good bounce-back game. For <laughs> <Or> Dundee. <laughs> um, how do you see this one? Do you, I mean, first of all, do you think there's going to be some tactical changes here? What do you think is going to happen with the lineup? No. It would be foolish to try and project, wouldn't it? Apart from a 4 2 3 1. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nielsen seems to be doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. I don't expect anything different. You know, you might cover this in a moment, Hammy, by ourselves, but I've got a funny feeling we'll play a 4 4 2 or some variant that will see Nandwili and Boyce start. I've got a good feeling the two of them will be up there. There's that happy-go-lucky positivity. Hell in me. I've, I've left a light on, just like that big bloody <laughs> man's hand light. Uh, there we go. Right, Hammy, let's go over to you now for buy or sell. So, I will quickly go through last week's as uh, there was points, points, points scored. So, obviously started with over 63% possession. Hearts only had 58% possession, percent possession, which was uh, was quite low for Hearts. Um, and I'll be honest, with you, thinking back to the game, I thought we had a bit more. But um, we all bought that, apart from Cameron, down in England. Oh, fucking uh, he faxed me his buy ourselves and he sold that. So he got, he's the only one that gets the points for that. Um, oh. We then had... Oh, we have. Did the, did the fax get through before the deadline? <laughs> uh, it did it was a minute to midnight but he, he oh. got there um, the next one I think we talked about well we have over five shots on target we had three and looking there Simon Jarvey Paddy you all bought it myself three and Cameron three shots on target three shots on target that's <laughs> fucking embarrassing man the thing is, one of them will be the goal. One will be the one that hit the bar, and I can't remember the other one. Does the bar count? I don't think the bar counts. Oh, in my head it does. Um, <laughs> the next one was uh, Naismith, Walker, or Boyce to score. Boyce scored. So Simon, Jarvey, Paddy, and Cameron bought it. I was the only one to sell that, so <laughs> I'll lose a point on that one. And then the last one, will both teams score? They did. Simon, Jarvie, no, Jarvie, you sold it. Simon, you bought it. Paddy, you sold it. I bought it. And Cameron also bought it. So the scores on the doors for this week. Simon, you got two. Jarvie, you only got one. Mm. Uh, Paddy, you only got one. Fuck hearts. I got got two. And Cameron, you got four. Four out of four. He googled googled the answers. (laughs) It was like some sort of... Time traveling fax machine, this anyway. So, we'll move on to this week. Uh, I'm keeping it a bit simpler this time, but uh, topical as well. So, I'm going to start off nice and easy. Will Hearts win? Buy or sell? Sell, fucking arseholes. Oh, I've got to buy it. Eh? Now, to buy it. again, I'll, I'll give you some stats. Obviously, we've played them twice this season. We pumped them 6-2, and then on the reverse fixture, we got beat 3-1. <laughs> um, so it's really hard to call this, I'll be honest with you. Like, it's got so bad that we're just going, right, are we going to beat Dundee at home? Is that going to happen? <laughs> nah, Nielsen's got to go, eh? 
Bye. Yeah, I'm going to buy that, though. Bye. Jarvie? Yeah, I'll buy that. You Bye. have to. Um, Hammy, buy. But, uh, Hammy, I'll buy as well. Fucking. Uh, are you going to buy? I fucking hate myself. I'll buy it. <laughs> now, obviously, remember, if we draw, you lose that one as well. So yeah. think of that. Is that uh, I want to buy? I've got to think positively. Uh, I know. I'm buying and I'm even 100% on that. Next one, uh, over 60% possession. Now, obviously, our percent possession dropped uh, last week. We're usually at or above 60%. Um, last week, it was 58 In the previous two games against them, it has been when we won 6-2, it was 57 and when we got pumped 3-1, it dropped down to 48. Interesting. So 60 is a bit high, but... I I'm going to sell, sell 60. I'll sell 60 as well. well I'm going to buy it. I think Nielsen will want to control it. Yeah, that's what I think. I also thought we'd pump um, the last three teams. and we <laughs> So... Another easy choice. It's a yes or no choice, but again, very topical. Will Andy Halliday start? Oh, yes. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> start. He's all buying it. I'm going to sell it. You just wishful oh. thinking, is it? Uh, I mean, he's literally the first name on the team sheet. <laughs> a little bit of wishful thinking, but. I've got a feeling that Robin Nielsen will like sort of bow to the pressure so that if Andy Irvin then has a bad game, he can go, see, you told you, that type of thing. He doesn't read the papers, mate, in his school. See, I'd agree with you there, Hammy, but he goes home every night thinking the Hearts fans love him because he's not on Twitter and there's no fans in the stadium. He thinks everything's rosy. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's, let's see. I can't wait to be disappointed at 2pm, though, on Saturday. <laughs> um, so the last one, obviously... Uh, two games, 6-2, 3-1, high-scoring game. So will there be over 2.5 goals on Saturday? Oof, straight in there. Bye. And remember, that, we've only scored one goal in the last Why are we buying games? No. And I think two of those have been penalties. Yeah, I'm selling, Mike. Yeah. Oh. Never said to have scoring the goals. Dundee could score four. <laughs> 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 I am. Go, I'm going to go buy. We're probably going to see Jason Cummings starting this Saturday against oh, us. Oh, he's going to hat trick. Oh shit! Aye, I'm going to uh, buy Jason Cummings. I'm going to buy that as well. Um, all right. Again, it looks like everyone has got different choices this week. Actually, no. Simon and Paddy, these both went. The same, so we'll find out. Just to give you a rundown of how it's gone, the scores um, changed things up a bit uh, this week. So, in last place is Paddy on 22. There is a gap forming again, Paddy, so you need to do well this week. Because that wank got four. <laughs> but that, that wank has moved up to 27 points now. Um, and next, it's Simon on 28. And joint tap is myself and Jarvie on 29. Oh, it's tight. Welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, very close at the top and not many games left. Superb. Thankfully. 
Like, <laughs> I, I honestly want this season over so much. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. God, I never realised. I read yesterday when someone said nine games to go, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, that's no long to wait now." Aye. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the fucking league to get cancelled, and we're stuck in the championship <laughs> next season. <I> <laughs> See, the thing is, if that happened, you couldn't even just have a break. You couldn't even just take a year off being a fan, eh? Nah. No escaping it. <laughs> um, well, that's us for the week. I almost feel like we need to apologise, like, if you've been offended, <laughs> but you probably know us by now. At least, I'm glad, <laughs> if anything, we, we've been very honest. You know what I mean? We haven't shied away <laughs> from, uh, from our absolutely awful performances, so there you go. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Simon. Uh, Hanny and Paddy for all your time once again this week and a special thanks to Padman Productions for its copious amounts of editing time as ever. If you aren't following us on social media already you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast and if you would like to send us an email it's heartspodcast at gmail.com Don't forget to like and subscribe, even leave a nice wee review and spread the good word around social media and Gorgie. So until next time, keep washing your hands for the hearts and we'll see you again soon.